Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, May 6th at the time of this recording, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is also on a microphone somewhere. The introductions are getting so meta. It isn't Monday while we're saying this, but it is Monday while you're doing this, except maybe you're listening to it on, like, a Thursday, or maybe Jake forgot to upload it until Friday. Well, it's a more complicated scenario now. It's not just, if you're hearing the sound of my voice... At the time I am speaking this, it is this time. Although I guess, you know, with a few... The ratio of people listening live to people listening to a recording, it was always the, slightly The ratio inaccurate. of people listening live to the ratio of people who have ever died is surprisingly close to one-to-one. Yeah. The ratio of people listening to the band live versus the people listening to our show streaming live. Uh, listening to the band the band. <laughs> listening to a live show, a live band show featuring live and the band. Yeah. And afterwards, they can talk, talk about it with talk, talk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also the, the opened. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm good. sure that I will relax a little bit more about that introduction, but I do think that the, like, the date stamp is a good way to differentiate shows, right? Yeah. But I just feel it's... weird about which date to put on there. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a thing. I, I'm, I begin to understand <clears throat> why... That, like the idea of the the like the sort of station identification and stuff, you know, starting things the same every time. Like it brings people comfort. It uh, it lets you know what you're listening to, where you are. I what I wish is that we had a series of ways to end podcasts, mm. so that they don't just you you do a pretty good job of of finishing up this one, but everything else it just peters out, man. Wait, I try with HSHD. To, what do you what do you say? I What's should stop trick? saying HSHD because it's not really that it's not any fewer syllables really. Uh, horror show hot dog. Um, we try to do the hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash horror dog on Twitter at HSHD podcast and horrorshowhotdog.com. Please rate us on iTunes. If you like our show, please tell a couple of people. And if you don't like it, stop listening. Goodbye. Yeah. And then everybody that says goodbye. pretty well practiced. Yeah, when I don't trip over my own tongue, it sounds pretty, pretty sweet. Mm. Speaking of which, did you trip over anything interesting since the last time we spoke? <laughs> uh, no, no uh, personal injuries since last time we spoke, which is good. Uh, we did uh, had a like a mildly busy weekend, which was good. We went Friday to see Wits again, that kind of hipster prairie home companion thing that we've been to a couple times. Right. How was that? It was fantastic. This this one was uh, Patton Oswalt was the guest, and then Ben Lee was the musician. What I really like about the show is that all of the musicians that have been on it have also been really funny, and you find out like, oh, the guy who sang that like fun Catch My Disease pop song that I like is also really funny when you put him in a sketch. Like that's cool, or you know, or just responding extemporaneously to something. So do you think that's how they choose their musicians? Is by ones that they, they do some sort of funniness test? I don't know. It was a it's a delightful always a delightful realization. Patton Oswalt killed, of course. He was he was good. I do kind of wish at those shows that they would let they would have the comedian do maybe like just five minutes of material because they don't. Yeah, like they do an interview with them, and then as funny as they are during the interview, and then these kind of pre written sketches which are it, like it seems like they're corny by design and part of what's funny about them is they're kind of corny 
But, uh, yeah, I would love to hear just Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalting about something. He didn't get too much of a chance. It was still pretty funny, though. Did you see that, uh, that impro- improvised Star Wars pitch thing that he did on some television show that everybody was real, real impressed by? I haven't seen that yet. Seven minutes mm-hmm. long. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a general rule, any video that... Uh, like, anything that somebody wants me to look at on the internet that makes noise... It's going to take three or four different recommendations from different people before I finally do it. Yeah. And that one I've seen everywhere, but it's like, yeah, seven minutes. It is weird. You can always fast forward through videos, you know? I mean, you don't stop watching porn videos just because they're long. No, but as far as I'm concerned, porn videos are no longer than like five or six minutes. Yeah, well, right, that's what I'm saying. The same could be true of any video that you were watching, unless it was good enough for you to really comprehensively pay attention to it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I can't really bring myself to ever do that. I I guess that things are just moving towards everything being video on the internet, but, like, a lot of what I like about the internet is that it's not a television. Right. You know? I get kind of annoyed when I go to look at a news story from a link and it's like a minute and a half video of somebody reading the news story like I I could just read that text and I could read it faster than you can read it to me yeah but they can't put a commercial in front of that that's true you could put commercials all around it at least most of them have the like minute and a half video and then underneath it a transcript of everything they say in the video so you can have it both ways. Like, if you happen to be able to read, you can just read this. I The trouble that I have when I go to, like, a news site, if I follow a link to anything like a mainstream media website, is that I have no idea which of the billion things on the screen is the thing that I'm supposed to be reading. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't like that. Ah, oh, man. What else do we do? You know, it's oh, not uh, impossible to do it right. You can read Metafilter. Yeah. And you can tell what where all the things are. Metafilter is so hit and miss for me, though. There are days where the entire front like, couple of screens is just either obtuse or like it's not obvious what each story is about or something that isn't interesting enough for me to click on it. Yeah, I mean... And then sometimes they're that, awesome, you know. Yeah, I would say that I, I probably find three posts a week that I'm feel like are worth looking into. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. If I'm if I'm trying to avoid reading arguments and comments, I find that Metafilter has relatively little to offer me. Yeah. But yeah. So what else did you do after Wits? Uh so we did the Wits. We uh the kiddo was gone for the night, so we suggested that we all go grab drinks, but everybody else also had children who were not gone for the night, so uh, we just went home at like 11.30 and fell asleep. You didn't go grab drinks by yourselves at the Hofbrau house? No, because it was kind of, it was like, we should all go get some drinks, although we are pretty tired. But, uh, you know, because tonight we are young, we should totally do it. So we ended up not. Uh, Sunday we went to the May Day Parade, and that was cool. A lot of helicopters crashing? Yeah. Our fair city did uh, Cinco de Mayo on May 4th and May Day on May 5th. When is May Day supposed to be? May 1st. 
What is May Day? It's Happy Communism Day. Yeah, I don't know. Do, I mean, you dance around a pole and you like your tits are out or something. Yeah, the, it may be the uh, another fertility ritual or whatever. I mean, in our in our fair city, what it is is a group of hippies, hipsters, and Hispanics. Which I don't know any other way to describe this thing. Is it's like a puppet theater troupe gets together and they make these giant puppets out of paper mache and cardboard. And then there are a bunch of people on bikes, many of which have been modified and welded together and like made into art bikes. And then there's like a cultural section with people dressed in Mayan costumes and shit doing dances. So they uh, like it's very scrappy DIY like people taping cardboard to shit and dancing down the street with it. And it's just kind of glorious. Huh. So that's a, there's a big parade, couple hundred people in the parade every year and they go down the street and into a big park with a lake and then they do like a festival of the tree of life and sun or whatever on the lake and you buy mini donuts and cheese curds because you're in Minnesota, and it, okay. it's it's kind of awesome. I guess I'm not familiar with the mini donuts uh, trope. Mm-hmm. Are they what it says on the tin? Yeah, just tiny cake donuts. You know, like the size of a fifty cent piece, maybe. Hmm. Okay. Shaken in a bag with cinnamon and sugar. But actually, like with a hole in them. Not. Yeah. Do they sell also mini donut holes, which are just like BBs made of sugar. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that they they have the thing that went in the middle of them that they're selling somewhere. What they do have is usually a little machine that cooks the mini donuts, and like the little dough thing, little dough before they are donuts, uh, go into the nutting station, which is what they call the frying part because they're dough, and that's how they get the nut in them. <clears throat> First, you have to nut into the. Well, you don't. But they uh, they go down a little conveyor belt one at a time. They go into the little boiling oil and go float around in a circle somehow and hit a little contraption that flips over and kind of scoops it up and flips it over and back into the oil. And then they go around again and then somehow in, into a little stream that goes out. Huh. So there's this little, like, watching them being made is just part of, of the joy of having them. How how large of an area is this whole contraption contained in? Oh, it's it's pretty small. Like it's in it's like in a booth. Yeah, in one of the little food booths where you would buy a corn dog. Okay. Huh. Because they're tiny right. little donuts. They just have their tiny little swimming pool with their tiny little flipping thing. Huh. So that's cool. The only place I've ever been where you could see the donuts being made was was uh, uh, Krispy Kreme. And I don't really remember anything about it. Hmm. That was a terrible story. It probably wasn't all automated and cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember there being some big conveyor belts. Ooh. Oh, man. Did you, speaking of videos that are too long to watch, I don't remember where. I think this was actually a Metafilter link, but I found a video of, like, a, a factory that packaged mushrooms. Huh. It was really awesome. That's a that's a thing. There's a lot of a lot of machines to like orient the mushrooms and sort the mushrooms by size and <laughs> cut the bottoms off of the mushrooms and a lot of stuff that you'd think wouldn't work, but it does. 
I would like to believe that the machine that's orienting the mushrooms goes, okay, look, we just picked you, and we're about to put you in a container where you're going to go to a supermarket. Mm -hmm. It's like, so you know where you stand. But, uh, yeah, all of that stuff, looking at the, well, just the, the How It's Made show, the answer is always by a weirdly specific set of machines, but I'm always yeah. interested to see, like, so what does a machine look like that puts a thousand Q-tips in a box and tightly packs them down? You know, like, what does the machine look like that puts the cotton on the Q-tip? All of them are related to Q-tips. Because mm-hmm. you've only seen one episode, and it was the episode about Q-tips. Yeah. I think I have only seen one episode of How It's Made, and it was the one about pool cues. So, huh. that's, uh, you need the swimming pool one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a back-to-back-to-back swimming pool cue tip. Swimming pool pool cue, cue t- I gotcha, okay. Yeah, tip, tip O'Neill. Took me a while. Uh, O'Neill brand t-shirts. Really? I don't know. Is, isn't O'Neill one of those brands like Ocean Pacific or Stussy or something? Oh yeah, like Mossimo. Yeah. Mossimo just makes uh, flip-flops for Target now. Yeah. That's how that's how far they have fallen. Well, you found out that you can't pronounce it without sounding like a douche. Or at least I can't. It's always Mossimo. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can't pronounce anything without sounding like a douche. <laughs> hey! <coughs> Anyway, we had a we had a little uh, a little party sort of. We had like a barbecue. I uh man, I started drinking at 1 p.m., which I I hate to do. Yeah, you never do. Yeah. And uh and I you know, I just ended up like totally ready for bed at like 6. And then I forced myself to stay up until 10 because that's how I roll. <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh hot stuff is in town cuz his girlfriend is in town cuz she's about to get her go to her graduation ceremony for her PhD so her family is here and so we're hanging out with them right. and uh and uh hanging out with Wes and Rachel learn how to fix my pinball machine if my pinball machine breaks well, what pinball machine do you have I got a champion pub excellent uh which is a racist boxing pinball machine which is great and one of the races that it's racist against as it turns out is uh gays one of the opponents that you face is uh, Steve-O from San Francisco, who's going to kick your behind. It's uh, it's from 1998. You'd think they would have known better. Wait, he's going to kick your behind? He's going to kick it, and that's all? Yeah, they don't... This is the, 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 the actually depressing thing, is that you can, you can feel where they exercised restraint. Mm. Right? I don't exactly understand I don't understand (sighs) pinball machines are weird and the people who make pinball machines are like I feel like you you hear an interview with a guy that makes a pinball machine and it seems like the same kind of guy that like opens a store that sells like World War 1 memorabilia or something like it's 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 a weird culture it's the guy who uh, runs exclusively linux on all of his computers uh well i don't know i mean i I think if that guy is being more nerdy than this is just like a like it's always like some weird enthusiast dad that that makes pinball machines yeah i i don't 
and I don't know if it I don't know if it's a generational thing like I think you know people our age like arcade games because we grew up in arcades people 10 years older than us were sort of like transitional between pinball machines and arcade games I guess hmm. but it's yeah I don't I don't understand how something like this game made it out the door of a big company in 1998 and I guess you know I don't know maybe maybe I am maybe I'm looking back with a weird eye and that like I felt like in 1998 like Will and Grace was on right and so uh-huh. you couldn't you couldn't just like in an actual media product just do an insulting caricature of a gay guy oh I think we were still doing it yeah back in 98 I mean even yeah, Will and Grace had the the super queen guy it's just it also had somebody who was normal. Well, right, but I but I think that wasn't the joke, right? Like that was an attribute of the guy, but he wasn't just like a one note joke, was he? Eventually. I, I don't. I've I've never actually seen an episode of Will and Grace. Um, the really flamboyant guy was pretty much just the go to laugh line guy. That could also, I guess, be seen as more of an in joke among the community too playing off those stereotypes but I mean like that was right around when Ellen DeGeneres came out and lost her job hmm. you know lost her show when she came out and people on primetime TV were calling her Ellen DeGenerate oh huh so yeah man I uh, I went up, I went up to our old homestead for a few days to hole up and, and work and um, I uh, I got to watch some Fox News that was pretty good. Delightful. I went to I went to some random bar. Coyote Joe's got shut down for not paying their taxes, apparently. Um, and so I asked I asked the girl at the brewing company. I said, "Hey, where do the Prescott College kids drink these days? Because I want to go hang out with some hippies, right? Because that's what I want to do. I want to go to a place where the beer is cheap and the women have dreadlocks." And uh, and so she sent me to a place where it turns out it was that just mostly just real desperate old people drinking and I, so I don't know if, if Prescott College changed their demographic from hippies to desperate old people huh. or what what was going on there or maybe I just went at the wrong times or the wrong days were you I there at really like know. noon on Wednesday uh yeah one of the times no I was there at like I was there at like 9 p.m. on a Wednesday which I guess that town is not big enough for there to really be a crowd at a bar on a Wednesday yeah like not a crowd of not a crowd of like people with their shit together. Hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I maybe I'm just out of touch with everything, and that's not a thing anywhere. But you know, I feel like I do most of my going out to bars on weekday nights because I don't like crowds. Yeah. But I also don't like them to be empty and depressing and desperate. And that's a thing I don't remember really running into. That's here, a, a mirror you do not wish to peer into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was a woman, uh, I, I, I met a, an older gal who, who apparently the proudest moment in her life was the time that she met, uh, Arnold Palmer. Hmm. She talked about that a lot. And he offered and her she, some uh, iced tea and lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she changed the channel away from some hockey game that some other desperate looking old man was watching saying, nobody minds Fox news. Right. Mm-hmm. And then me and the, me and the kind of weird, 
he wasn't like a hippie guy. He was he was short haired and he just sort of looked like a biker. But he was all he was one of those like real new agey kind of dudes. <laughs> hmm. You know, just a like guy who watches a lot of documentaries. And is maybe I don't know. He's like forty five. Right. And has a lot of opinions about all the things that are wrong with the world and how we're, we've all just been indoctrinated into this like industrial complex and how we need to detoxify our bodies and our minds. Yeah, although it's always super weird to see that kind of rhetoric coming out of like somebody with a beer in their left hand and a cigarette in their right hand. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to like, it's, it's the elephant in the room to actually point that out. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't accomplish anything to, to point it out. It's just like, uh, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to have a very nuanced conversation when, when there is like, Right. Yeah, you know, just this is sort of like fundamental like failure to recognize hypocrisy. I mean, I feel like there are things that I am hypocritical about, but if you point one of them out to me, I'm not going to like get defensive about it and pretend that I'm not hypocritical about it. You know, which and I and I feel like if I did, it, then it would you'd be justified in just like, well, I'm not going to talk to you about this. Right. Like if you we're just not playing the same game if you don't recognize the ways in which the things that you're saying contradict one another. But, yeah, like... I kept it friendly. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't stay very long. I was like, you know, if I keep drinking and talking to this guy, I'm just going to start saying things that make people mad. <laughs> he was nice. He was a nice guy. Big fan of Avatar. The Last Airbender? Or the movie? No, no. That I could have gotten behind. And I'm like, no shit, man. I don't understand why everybody hated on that movie so much because I really enjoyed it. But no, big fan of Avatar. <laughs> he liked he liked the metaphor. I uh, I wanted it to be a better movie. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it as hard as like my wife was angry that we had gone to see it at the theater. Huh. And I, I was like, you know. I'm glad I saw all the pretty things and I'm glad I saw it on a big screen at all the resolution that I could get. Yeah. But I mean the the story was dumb as shit. And the dialogue and script was retarded, but it was pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't I, I'm not I, I don't I don't think I've ever expressed like, oh I hate it. But it's just it's not a thing that I would hold up as it's sort of like the Matrix, right? Like I liked the Matrix well enough. Right. But I was I did not understand the people who were like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Right. Um, and more so with Avatar. Like, I would say, all right, is this, is this what getting just disillusioned by everything is like? Is it this is how these big spectacular things feel? Yeah, I, if, I had been, if I had been reading the same blogs when The Matrix came out, they would have been saying the same things. Hmm. But there was no such thing as a blog back then. You just had to have a website. Was there such a thing as a website back then? I think I think uh, oh, I sure. had asymmetric.net at that time. Mm. So, I, I mean, in a way, I invented the blog. Yeah. Um, anyway, we had some people over. We did some barbecuing. Cooked some hamburgers and some sausages. And that was pretty, pretty tasty. Mm. We finally got the weather. Finally got the... Got snapped out of our cold snap. And... Uh, Yesterday it got up to 60, and today it's been in the high 70s. It's finally grilling weather. Good. Yeah. Have you grilled anything? 
Nope. Do you have a grill? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I just replaced our grill that we bought in Phoenix, like, seven years ago. Mm. We I feel like I've only seen your house so. when it's been snowy, and so... I don't, I don't remember. Is it out on the back porch? I should have grilled you something, even though it was snowy. You just made some grilled snow. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this a glass of water? No. Oh. No. <laughs> Come on, give me some credit. Uh, um, yeah. Apart from that, I, I, every time I go up to Prescott, I think, I'm going to climb to the top of Thumb Butte, and every time I get up there, it's fucking like closed off because of peregrine falcon nesting season <laughs> so apparently that when when the peregrine falcons get the call to go to prescott and do a lot of fucking that's when i get the call to go up there and sit in a hotel room with a notebook maybe like in your past life you were a peregrine falcon yeah yeah i'm just genetically predisposed to want to head to a thing that looks like a big thumb <sighs> i have never understood why they I don't know why anybody says that 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 butte looks like a thumb. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. I mean, it just like like it just lo- it looks like a dome. You know, it's like a rock. It's like a kind of a rounded off rock. It is. The front part of it is roughly the shape of a thumb if you extend your thumb all the way backwards, I guess. But it's it's a long way to go. I agree. It could have just been big chunk of rock with no trees on the top. Mm-hmm. Butte. It could have been tall, tall butte. Yeah. Barren butte. <clears throat> Hairy butte. Mm-hmm. You know what gets, you know what grinds my gears? What? <laughs> People who think like, who make jokes about butts using the word butte. Because it, in print it just doesn't scan, and in spoken word it doesn't scan either yep so they're like hey check it out the name of this town's team is the butte pirates yeah so so okay but that's pretty funny actually like (laughs) hey kiss my butte like i'm sorry i understand that it's just one letter off but it's just such a completely different pronunciation it's a really important letter yeah i mean it it, yeah it's the difference between butt and butte (laughs) yeah I can understand. He hit him with the butt of his gun. <laughs> uh-huh. Because that is actually butt. Yeah. Like being the butt of a joke because of your ass. Exactly. That's 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 quality stuff right Your there. donkey is so funny that I have to make fun of you. Yeah. It's either that or covet it. And we all know that's a sin. Hmm. Only if it's your neighbors. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I guess you can covet like a celebrity's ass. Right. Like Jennifer Lopez. Or Vida Guerra. Uh, that was a celebrity at one point that had a had an ass, right? Oh, oh yeah, the internet was in love with her ass. She was on a she was on that uh, Burger King commercial with Darius Rucker. Where right. for one brief shining moment there was a Burger King commercial that was just crazy and good. And uh, well to me vaguely off putting. Oh, sure. It was weird. I mean, it was it was it was weird in that like Duracell commercial from the '90s. Like, not it was like the uncanny valley as applied to landscapes. Like it was a literal uncanny valley. <laughs> you know, is it? But it was it like it was an extremely bold style choice. 
Mm. And I, I think it paid off. Because I, now when I think of Burger King, I think of Hootie and the Blowfish and asses. Yeah, yeah. There's a train of ladies coming with a nice caboose. Man. That's funny because it's a, like, that's actually a clever line, you know? I suppose. It's like you could, you could get it past your bosses by saying, no, the train has a nice caboose. I, I don't know, man. I thought it was great. I, you know, that Darius Rucker seems like a real nice guy. Seems like a good fella. I think I, I think I told you about that. It was, I guess, the previous year that we were in San Francisco, we went to this like beer festival thing, and Darius Rucker was there just wandering around, and uh, the guy who was just like a guy with a guitar doing cover songs and singing that was the entertainment was like, oh man. I would be so happy if Darius Rucker would come up and perform a Hootie and the Blowfish song with me. And he totally did. He was he was real cool about it. <laughs> okay, no shit. I was like, ah, that's, that's pretty swell of him what? to not just not just be like, fuck you, man. <laughs> what song did he do? Oh, I think it was Letter Cry or whatever. Letter B. Letter B, yeah. Yeah. From Sesame Street. Yeah, this, this episode of Sesame Street is... It is weird about. now to see, Letter like... B. Every billboard for every country music station now has Darius Rucker on it because he's now just singing. And from what I've heard a couple of times over PA's extremely horrible country songs is huh. pretty much exclusively what he does now. I mean, the, the ones that sound like they were written by like the Nashville hit factory. Like, it doesn't seem like he took just his songwriting and twanged it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's they kind of have so many X's and O's so much they ought to put me on Hollywood Squares kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But it's always funny to see, like, big country music festival this summer. Twelve of the whitest people you will ever see. And Darius Rucker. <laughs> yeah, I guess there aren't a lot of... A lot of black country musicians. That's I mean, true. there's Sammy Davis Jr. There's a Ray Charles. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, with a few, with a few minor standouts, like, country music since the 70s, I feel like has fairly little to offer me. Yeah. <laughs> Friends in Low Places, I am convinced is, people are still going to know that song a thousand years from now. That is a good, that is a, a pinnacle of human evolution, yes. Um... I always get a lot of funny looks when I express that opinion out in public. It, it is almost always when I'm real, real drunk, and so I'm talking loud enough for all the people at the surrounding tables to hear me. I can imagine. I think. But And somebody yeah, goes, like, hey, you're real, real drunk, and you go, well, blame it all on my roots. Yeah. I showed up in boots. I showed up in boots. Yeah. Uh, and you only man. do it at weddings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or that the, the what I went to one... Uh, event in my life that could be characterized as a black tie affair. That was the uh, the weird uh, New Year's Eve 2000 party that I went to. Hmm. At, I was I was hanging out with this girl who was like working as I don't know if she was like cleaning this woman's house or something. She was doing some sort of work for this rich woman, and then got invited to this just crazy fancy rich people party up in the hills. Yeah, and so. I had to rent a tuxedo to go to this party. I was going to say that I was with you on the 2000 New Year's Eve, but that was 2000 into 2001. Because mm. year 2000, I was out 
in the desert on the uh, Arizona California border with a bunch of my friends waiting for the waiting for the skyline to burst into flames because of Y2K. I mean, none of us thought it was going to happen. I think all of us were secretly hoping it would. Because at that point, you know, like people in their 20s now are just waiting for the zombie apocalypse because it would be more interesting than what we got going on right now. Yeah. And that was the thing, like, yeah, it would be bitching not to have to figure out what to do after college. Like, so we camped out in the middle of the desert and at midnight we sang It's the End of the World as We Know It on gu- and played it on guitar. And driving home, we were like cycling through the radio and when we found stations that were broadcasting, we're like, hell oh, well, back to the old salt mines. I just, I mean, I remember looking out at like 12.05 at airplanes still just, you know, happily flying across the sky and thinking, yeah, I guess that was all right. Yeah, I didn't expect anything to happen, but there was that little frisson of... You know, I I actually did kind of expect there to be some problems as a result of the computer stuff. I mean, bureaucratic problems or, or you know, just just nuisances. But I don't really remember anything happening at all. Yeah. And no, I, I mean, I remember there was all that food. There was some panic, and I remember feeling like I understand this panic because of, like, all of the software that air traffic control used was software from the 60s, right? Because it worked, and it was reliable, and it didn't kill people all the time, and so they were, you know, for 40 years, reluctant to replace it with new software. Sure. Um, But then suddenly having to touch all that stuff, like, you get... You know, shit gets embedded, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you know the 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 few months leading up to that was us at my job fixing things for Y two K compliance, right? But we just we fixed it, and it was fine. You know, we tested it, and it was fine. And yeah. then when the date rolled around, it was fine. But if it hadn't been fine, it would have been like, oh well, shit, everybody gets paid a day late, or there is you know it's a, like the the you know whatever the system thinks that this person just got 4000 hours of flight time in a single flight or whatever but you know yeah mm-hmm. y2k i take that y2k it's about time somebody put you in your place i'm surprised Garth Brooks that did not write his own songs right he, like he wrote a bunch of them I don't think he wrote Friends in Low Places. No, he didn't write that one. I think the same dudes that wrote that wrote Icky Breaky Heart. Ooh. Which I I don't think can be defended. It was written in 1989 by songwriters Dwayne Blackwell and Earl Bud Lee. Mm, Earl Bud Lee. Earl Bud Lee? Wow. One of the two writers of Friends in Low Places does not even have a Wikipedia article. Aw. There should at least be one a Wikipedia article for him that says, wrote half of Friends in Low Places. He's still alive. He lives in Rosarito, Mexico, so apparently he's, he's a salsa baron at this point. <laughs> um, Dwayne Blackwell is an American songwriter active since the 1950s. His songs include Mr. Blue, a 1959 hit for the Fleetwoods, and Friends in Low Places, a 1990 hit for Garth Brooks. Hmm. In between, he was just fucking around. Yeah, that is weird. 
One hit in 59, one hit in 89. Oh, third verse written by Garth Brooks. Is the third verse where it starts to be shitty? It's the uh, the one that he only sings live. Oh. Where it every karaoke bar I've been to only has the live version, so it has that verse. Or <clears throat> it starts the same as the second one. I guess I was wrong. I just don't belong. But then I've been here before. Everything's all right. I'll just say good night and I'll show myself to the door. Hey, I didn't mean to cause a big scene. Just wait till I finish this glass. Then, sweet little darling, I'll go back to the bar and you can kiss my ass. Okay, so that's pretty bad. Yeah. But I think he wrote, like, The Dance and The River and The River Dance. <laughs> and The Thunder Rolls. He did write Thunder Rolls, yeah. When when The River Dance guy goes home and beats his wife because he's not popular anymore. The Thunder Is Rolls. The River, and the River Dance guy's gotta be gay. That guy strikes. He's still doing, like, River Dance was in town just a couple of bits ago. This is Michael Flat Bush. Yeah. Lord Flat Lee. Hmm. Alright. Well do you want to uh, do you want to answer some Kingdom of Loathing questions? Mm-hmm. We've sure. gotten me talking about Garth Brooks portion of the show out of the way. Right. Uh, I'm sure that there are people who tune in just for the talking about Garth Brooks portion of the show. Yeah. Uh Dars writes in the forum thread. One, the outfit rewards from the end of the sea seem to follow in the footsteps of the stainless steel, plexiglass, and brimstone outfits. Six-piece outfit that must be obtained over multiple ascensions. Very powerful, etc. Stainless, plexi, and brimstone equipment is all animated. Is there a reason the new equipment isn't? Uh, it is. I think you're probably experiencing some cash issues because I wanted to roll those things out before Hot Stuff was done animating them. And so I did. And so the, the images got, the animations got edited into the images later. So, Yeah. You're having cash issues. If you will give us a little more cash, we will make yeah. them animate for you. We have no way of caching the data. It is trashing. Was that, that, was, that was from before? That was from before we started recording. Yeah, I was like, I a, was doing a. That was a personal thing. Do you, do you want me to not tell the listeners? Oh no, about go it ahead. Because we're keeping it between us. I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of in the process of writing a, uh, a, a computer parody of the Willy Wonka scene from the boat, where the browser keeps crashing and we have no way of caching the data it is trashing my keyboard i am smashing Mm. yeah this is pretty good this is the kind of stupid shit you start to write when you're too old to be relevant anymore yeah i learned that uh, dad humor is just being witty and clever plus 20 years that uh all of the cheesy puns that i say now are the same shit i was saying 10 years ago but mm-hmm. now people just kind of groan, right? It's like becoming a, it's it's like becoming a Republican. Like it's just a thing that happens as you get older. Yeah. <clears throat> My sister and her husband have guns now for personal huh. protection. Huh. Which is interesting. Just to, turning into Republicans. I, I hope that's as far as they go, because you know, I think having a gun turns you into a Republican. Having a gun is fine. Having a gun when you're bipolar and have a history of borderline schizophrenia where you lose time and you have two twin babies in oh, the house th- that sister maybe yeah maybe not oh, fuck, so that much. is that is that is way less surprising and way more fucking terrifying right wait my older sister is pretty liberal yeah no i thought so but, but then i was like well but i mean she's been married to a like a i don't know what a mexican guy he's not from mexico he's from acapulco Costa Rica or so. Oh, really? He's Mexican? Yeah. 
Why no, did no, I think no. he was like he's Dominican? He's Acapulcan. Or... If, if you say that he's Mexican, he's a, uh, no, no, no. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. So, sorry. Color me fucking terrified and remind me which of the states that they live in so that I can never go there. Right. Kentucky? Are they in Kentucky? No, they're in Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. All right. That's easier. I mean, they're... Their argument, because the husband also has a history of mental illness, their argument is you shouldn't stigmatize mental illness by saying that you're not fit to own a gun if you have mental illness. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to engage on this issue. I'm not going to have any guns in my house. It's totally tits if you have them in yours. But that is kind of a weird thing to say. Because, like, if somebody who had Parkinson's disease and trembled uncontrollably wanted to buy a gun, I would probably tell them that was a shitty idea. Right. And, like... I mean, I... You know, you know, you know how pro-gun I am from yeah. a variety of arguments in the past. But when... When my mom, you know, was like, hey, I'm... You know, I'm, I, we should clean out the garage. Do you want to take any of these, these guns that you inherited? I evaluated my situation when I was living with my ex-wife and I decided I I don't want there to be a gun in the same house as me and this crazy person. You know. And that and may it, have been a decision that kept you off the news, man. It, Honestly. Kind of, yeah. yeah. No, I mean I probably not. Sure. Probably not, you know, because I don't think that the the situation was ever that far gone. But got too close for comfort. A number of times, and I—I I mean, I know that you were—I know that you were expressing that sarcastically, but yeah, like, I think it's totally okay to stigmatize mental illness by acknowledging its real consequences, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, that—it's like, well, she said, know, it's uh, like it's not okay to stigmatize being in a wheelchair by putting a ramp on your house, like, uh, okay. Well, like if somebody was in a wheelchair full time and they wanted to buy a treadmill, I would probably advise them against that purchase. In fact, there should be a law saying that they're not allowed to waste their money. Which these predatory <laughs> treadmill salesmen are just going around like, no, you're the only thing that the the only thing keeping you from walking is that you're lazy. You buy a treadmill, get some fucking discipline in your life. So just sit on the treadmill. If I were trying to sell treadmills, I yeah, I would be the worst salesman. <laughs> Like, you know what? You shouldn't buy this. You're never going to fucking use it. <laughs> just leave. Yeah, any kind of exercise equipment. You know, just this is going to end up in a garage sale for a fraction of the money you paid for it. No. Just undo it. Uh, number two. Would you consider tying in the class revamps with their own challenge paths? So when you decide to redo the seal clubber skills, you roll it out with a seal invasion path or something to really get players excited about it. You know, I don't think so because... I I think that it would be a real bad idea to to roll skill revamps out over the course of the number of years that it would take to do all of to do that many challenge paths. Mm -hmm. I, you know, that said, three or four years isn't as long as it used to be. But, but no, but no. Number three: Will any of you be at Comic Con San Diego? No, uh, it, I, I eventually had to had to shit or get off the pot, and I decided to get off the pot this time. So, I think we are we are done exhibiting at San Diego Comic Con as a company. And uh, no, I don't like. Basically, it got to the point where 
I am pretty comfortable saying that I have zero interest in ever going back to San Diego Comic-Con, even as an attendee. Hmm. Um, because it just... I don't know, man. I was going to say that anything that sells out within seconds of the tickets going on sale is a thing that's going to be so crowded that I don't want to be there. Right. Um, I will say, though, that I would totally go to as many BlizzCons as you threw at me because they only sell as many tickets as people will comfortably fit in the building that they do it in. Right. You know, and they're, like, entirely okay with not, you know, with that demand being high. Um, I mean, I... But I've also... I enjoy... Or enjoyed that as a vacation, kind of. Like, it was yeah. an opportunity for us to be in the same place for a decent amount of time. Walking around the convention center, I still got some kind of zen pleasure out of. Just kind of walking up and down the floor. Yeah, and having I mean, that's the, like a couple... That's like, a couple hours out of... Out of a week, yeah. right? And there was always a front a lot concert to go to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, part of it was like, we would get there and, you know, it got, it was, it wasn't so bad at the end. Like the first few years, it was like just so difficult and so much work getting the booth set up and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then so much work getting the booth torn down and fighting traffic in and out of there. We got, we got to the point where that was, you know, we were more or less doing it by rote, right? Like we replaced the shitty parts of the booth with easier to deal with parts of the booth and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like you and got you know, it that, down to a science. Yeah, and that, you know, that Lego sign got more and more reliable over time and, and whatever, but but it just, you know, it it was, you know, the, 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 the shitty thing is that after I was like, you know, I don't think that it makes any sense as a promotional venue for us, we ended up getting hooked up with, and this is not this is not real news yet, but the Humble Bundle people approached us about Word Realms, right? And we're like, oh yeah, I, I, I learned about KOL at Comic-Con. <laughs> like, yeah. well, fuck. You know, it's like, it's like, I, I, mean, I think I just have this thing where all of my decisions have to be proven wrong in, in hindsight. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what I would rather do is I would rather spend the amount of money that it cost us to go to Comic-Con and experimentally go to f three or four other conventions. Yeah, there are tons of little ones cropping up all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I think I'd like to give Indiecade a shot. Like, I don't Dragon Con is a thing that was fun to attend, but I don't it wouldn't have made any sense for us to exhibit there. Right. Cuz it's just not that kind of thing. You know, likewise Gen Con. Um Kevin's been looking into the the sort of indie side of PAX. Hmm. Which is a possibility for us, but I, you know, I that's he's kind of on his own for that. He was like, "Hey, if I'm willing to go and do this, can would you think about it?" I'm like, "Yeah," and so I'm, I'm, I'm cool with packs as long as I don't go to packs. <laughs> right. That's, I, you know, I envy the people who can have fun in an environment like that because I am just too, I am too, just viscerally put off by the crowds. And that was the thing, man. Comic Con, I. It seemed like every year the exhibit hall got twice as crowded as the previous year. And every year it was like they couldn't possibly cram more people in here than this. And every year it took longer to make it from one end to the other because of just the massive crowds of people taking pictures of some girl's tits. Right. You know, and it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. 
Yeah, all I miss about that is being able to live, like, your life for a week without, you know, like, Ollie's not there, we have a bunch of friends we don't see a lot, and, you know, we can just go out and hang out and have fun. Yeah. But uh, I understand that there's not a huge benefit to the company for it, so I was kind of waiting for you to say, this doesn't make any sense, and I can only agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it has been, you know, every year there was this, this moment on the last day of Comic-Con where Kevin would say, all right, am I going to go get in that line and get us a booth next year? And every year I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, because I never got, but then I realized it was like, well, it's only going to cost a couple hundred bucks if we say yes at that point and then just decide, no, you know, we should not do this. So... It was also, like, it, it just in general, the way that we tend to travel by finding vacation rentals is getting harder and harder. Just, I, and I guess, I guess this is the fallout of the ownership market having gotten so bad and the rental market getting a lot more competitive. Right. Just across the board, which I, I don't really know if that's the truth or not but for whatever reason it's there is a lot more competition for those places and they're getting way way more expensive just everywhere that we go um you would think that it would still be a renter's market yeah i don't know i mean when more people have to rent Hmm. that's kind of a landlord's market right i suppose so you would think that there would just be more empty properties and so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, it they're not building as many houses as they were. Right. Right. Houses I the population of the US is not really increasing that rapidly, right? I mean, my my understanding is that the US's population growth is pretty flat. But it seems like there were always new houses being built when the housing markets were big Mm -hmm. and it seems like that's stopping now but like houses don't really leave (laughs) I guess they do I guess they get I guess they get decrepit and get bulldozed and somebody builds a new house on the land eventually or they get bought up by somebody who wants to turn a block into a skyscraper or something but yeah I don't know Number four, says Dars. Why are all the class avatars so sad? Oh, I don't know. I, it's because I was, I was younger and more cynical and disillusioned when I drew them. You still believed in unhappy, unhappiness. Yeah. Number five, I know you ponder deeply about this. What is the cosmology of the kingdom like? Do all evil souls go to Hades? That name has to go, by the way. <laughs> uh, Dis or Pandemonium. What's the difference? Do all good souls go to Valhalla? I think it's. I think you mean Valhalla. Right. There are plenty of elder gods of pure evil. Are there any good deities? Is there something like Planescape's Great Wheel? No, I mean, I think hmm. I think we have your classic, like when most literature and you know down to comic books deal with the afterlife. You have like a good place where people go that is like you never meet the guy who runs it. And then you have hell with Satan front and center. So, like, Hades is a big place, and Dis and Pandemonium are parts of Hades. 
should say that straight up. Yeah. Uh, we have Satan and a couple of demons down there <clears throat> doing their thing. But, I mean, we have Satan in, like, a single joke. Yeah. Right? Which we could easily just say, like, I mean, there's just this guy who happens to be named Satan. Right? Like, so, so Pandemonium is a, like, a city-state in Hades, right? Yeah. And Azazel is the, is the duke of yeah. Pandemonium. Where, where is Dis? Is Dis the, is Dis the, uh... The suburbs of the, Dis are the, the Dr. Seuss zone. The, the Seuss guy, yeah, okay. So, so again, I mean, that's just, that's another part of, of Hades. I mean, it's, like, bad guys are just more interesting than, than super powerful good guys, right? Like, that's just a, that's just a, a sort of a fundamental fact of literature, I mean, you usually, it seems like people don't want to get into too much trouble depicting God. Like, you're free to make Satan even, like, a maybe a misunderstood decent guy, but portraying God is just asking for more trouble than most people want to have. I don't think that we're doing that. I think it's just that we, you know... The heaven zone. There's so little that we needed that to do. Yeah, I mean, because it, the the a video game is like you know, like a story is primarily about conflict, and once you move to the region where there is no conflict, nothing can happen. Right. So you know, it's just like you go there as a pit stop. Um, how did the Sandman treat that? Like, was there God in the Sandman? Were there angels? I mean, I don't remember them ever seeing them. Like, the, like the, the Greek gods were real and still around, yeah. right? You never see the creator. Like, you've got the two angels that speak for God show up, Remiel and somebody else. Not, was it Metatron? Or Dumiel and Remiel, maybe? But you have, the like, two angels who negotiate for hell on God's behalf and in the end it's God says that nobody gets the key to hell but these two angels and it's God's because God made it so God gets to have it and like they talk about the shining city where heaven is and they talk about the creator I don't know there's no uh, there's there's no Jesus or anything and God never makes an appearance but I mean the implication is that the, the endless are bigger than all of that, right? Yeah. Although, no, like, the Endless are not as powerful as the creator of the universe, who is not necessarily the Christian god, but is the the one who has the key to hell. Hmm. It's tricky. Yeah, I haven't... You know, there's there's the divine ether, uh, which is where the divine favors come from. Mm. Uh, There's there's the... The cosmos, which is where Jarlsberg gets his. I mean, so I, I, I think if I had to, if I had to actually describe the cosmology of KOL, it would be like a sort of like consensus-driven multiverse, hmm. right? Where more or less everything is true, and every place that has implications on your life as an adventurer 
exists insofar as those implications are real. Hmm. So, I mean, we have a weird brand of internal consistency. Because it's, it's like we take the parts of internal consistency that we want, but then just sort of ignore the parts that would be serious constraints on us. Right. But I don't think we do, you know, I don't think that we break immersion by doing that. But I think that's probably largely because there's very little immersion to break. We're willing to at least hand wave at how are you smoking that cigarette underwater? Mm -hmm. But we're not so serious about it that you're not going to be smoking a cigarette underwater. Yeah. Like, a lot of time under the sea is just the same as being anywhere else. And then suddenly we go, oh, shit, except... Oh, right, right, you're underwater. You swim up there, you don't jump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number six, shrink ray item of the month lets me go inside my terrarium, fight combat damage familiars, talk with items slash meat drop familiars in a little familiar town. Yeah, this this is one of those things where it's a good idea and also a thing that creates a bunch of extra work every time we make a familiar from now on. Right. So... Which, Why the fuck not? We don't we don't shy away from that, but it, it isn't worth thinking about. You know, we keep doing it, and it has yet to cripple us or stop us from being able to do our jobs. Yeah. You know, I feel like the amount of work that we have to do increases at about the same rate that our tools allow us to work more efficiently, and yeah, that's been fine. I can't imagine what doing the scarecrow or the hat rack would have been like without being able to spend all that stuff. Yeah. And without your scripting language for dummies. Yep. And you know, the 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 the, the better we get at the job, the more we're able to like reuse stuff and have better ideas of what the implications of things are gonna be, you know. Yes. Uh, Chilled says, Okay, I need some thoughts from you all on world events. Could you each wax philosophical on your views on what a world event means to you, what you want it to mean to the player base. And then he in asterisk, since I'm well aware that we give the impression that world events equals meat and leaderboards, uh, the best time-limited thing you've experienced in a game and what world event you'd run in the most perfect of worlds. (sighs) Hmm. So, I, when I am playing video games... I like a world event to be uh, an interesting diversion from what I'm normally doing in the game that yields some sort of souvenir. Um, But neither of those things has to be true of it. Right, I mean, I I like there being things that only happen once. And, like... The way that World of Warcraft handles world events is a little... I I can feel their pain to some extent because people take that game so seriously as a game that when they start doing stuff that's like, oh, well, you can't give us one of these things that we can then never get again because then I wouldn't be able to collect all these things and then I wouldn't be able to, you know, get these achievements or whatever. And so they end up in this cycle of, like, repeating holiday world events that used to be different from year to year and now they're not. And I understand why that happened because that's happened to us to some extent, right? 
I wish that people could. Yeah, this is this is an unfair thing to say. I wish that there was a way to run world events that are meaningful to the people who want them to be meaningful, but divorced enough from the like incentive and goal structure that no one would feel compelled to participate mm. in it. And I just I don't know if there is such a thing. Right? Because you just can't you just can't treat it like, you know, I don't give a fuck about Cinco de Mayo. I'm glad that people have I'm glad that there are people who are like, oh, Cinco de Mayo, I'm going to go out and get drunk with my buddies. You know, and I just don't need to go do that. Because the world is a thing that has a shitload of stuff in it that I'm not going to have time to do. Right. And I just got to make my peace with not doing a lot of it and just, you know, participating in the parts of it that I that I enjoy and not participating in the parts of it that I don't. But like a video game, the scope is so much smaller that it's like, if you could do everything, you feel like you have to. In 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 a way that I do understand, right? I, I when I find myself having those feelings about a video game, I think, you know what? I should just relax about this. But if somebody told me to relax about it, I'd be like, "Fuck you!" Right? You you relax. So it's again, it's like not a thing that it's not a thing that it's fair to ask of people. I don't know what, 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 what do you, what do you look back on world event wise in in KOL and and how do you feel about it? I mean, the world events that I was really impressed by are the ones that I honestly didn't finish playing because they were too hard and that made me think finally the people who want something that is too hard for me to play are getting the challenge that they need Mm it's like i thought flame face was great for that where there was a whole lot to do if you wanted to throw your resources and your time at it and everybody like me could just go and poke at it a little bit and go oh that's neat and then check it out on the wiki and not really worry about it I gather that most people are not like me, but I thought that one worked really well. Well, I don't know. I don't know if most people. I don't. I don't think it is. The thing is, if most people disliked the way that we run world events, people wouldn't ask for world events, yeah. right? What are some of the I other mean, ones that I really dug? I really liked the uh, Yetis over Valhalla. Just yeah, the way that that progressed and the way that it ended up was super satisfying. Yeah, that was that was hard work and you know on a tight schedule, but I think we really rose to it. And I and part of it was that like that was I I might just be remembering this wrong, but that was precursor to the to Valhalla revamp, right? Yes. And that was a thing that was just a fundamental change that was you know, it was risky, but it paid off. It was just better. Everybody liked it better. And the fact that that world event had, like, a plan to it 
and it had an end state that was actually a big deal. I, I what I want is to be like, oh yeah, like I'll just I'll just treat this like it was in 2003, where hey, whatever I decide, that's what's happening today. And so sometimes I'll just like start a world event with no plan, and then I'll be like, well, fuck, I gotta do something, I guess. And then that that lack of commitment shines through in it, I think. Mm-hmm. But you know, just like knowing. I don't know, man. Just Chris saying, yeah, and then on the last day, the bone Death Star shows up. Like, oh, okay, there's our arc. <laughs> like, right. done. Everything is leading up to that. You know, and there were there were still people saying, like, oh, that was anticlimactic. But, like, eh, yeah, just wrong. And nobody remembers it as anticlimactic, right? This is just like... Yeah, it's not like Crimbo or anything. On the internet now, yeah. Yeah. The world event that you, that I would run in the most perfect of worlds, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I can't do the kind of stuff that I want to do. I feel like we've learned what things upset people to the point where they are bad for us. Right. And we don't do those anymore. Uh, Canifier Forty says, "Any chance of a world event? Also, any chance of C core? C core? Hmm." What does C-Core mean? I'm assuming he means like a challenge path where everything is underwater. Huh. That would be... That'd be a little tricky to pull off. So everything having the uh, underwater penalties? Yeah. We're actually asking for that? Underwater world event. I don't know. Something happening under there. Underwater world event. Do-da, do-da. Ultibot says, number one, have you considered adding unlockable astral items for performing certain tasks as an astral spirit? For example, going seven days without reincarnating. Maybe give astral spirits 40 astral adventures at rollover, which could be spent solving puzzles to unlock other astral items. Now, I really don't want people hanging out in Valhalla. This is like a theme of the forums the last few days. Um, I do think we're going to be able to... Uh, it's going to be fairly easy, and I think we'll do it at the at the challenge pass switchover. Uh, make it so runs start counting from the day that you ascend, rather than the, occasionally somebody getting uh, bitten in the ass by that, and then being a real asshole about it on the forums, mm-hmm. and then somebody else saying, "Man, if this is what you think being an asshole is." Okay, it's like we get a new crop of tone deaf aspies being really mean and then not understanding why people react badly when you're mean to them every couple of years. I mean, I love you guys. I mean, when you say that, though, you inspire someone who does not have Asperger's and does not know anybody who has it to stand up in defense. Yeah. You know, again, it's not okay to discriminate against them, but it is okay to be put off by off-putting things. <laughs> I, I will defend to the death anyone's right to be offended by something that is offensive. I stand uh, by people's right to be offended, but I think they need to realize that being offended doesn't entitle them to anything. Oh, sure. So like, I am just yeah, I'm not saying don't be offended. Go for it. Yep. Just realize. And I, you know, I, what, what, I am, what I am saying to, to, to kids on the forums who don't and and who you know I, like I get it because I used to feel exactly like this, but you think well, what I am saying is more important than how I am saying it, and like no, what you are saying is important, and how you are saying it is important. 
right? And maybe the content of it is more important, but the content of it is not going to win the hearts and minds the way the tone of it will will ease that spring. Yeah. Uh, number two, can we get a previous announcements button to scroll through older announcements posted in One's Clan, which are older than the latest three announcements? The fact that we can't scroll them without deleting the newer ones is really a missing functionality. Um, huh? I don't know how the clan announcements even work. I gave you that whiteboard. What more do you want? Three, any chance of revamping Talisman of Bacula, which is extremely weak in comparison to Plastic Vampire Fangs? I, I mean, that, yeah. If you catch me at the right time, that's probably the thing that I would want to do number four could we get a new automatic outfit which equips automatically during rollover then swaps back when it ends so we don't need to swap into our rollover gear this would be nice for pvp players who want to keep their pvp gear on as long as possible without risking the possibility of being a second late when swapping into their rollover gear it'd also be great for players who forget to put on their rollover gear that is a way more complicated technical problem than it sounds like it would be um you know that's kind of a bad design like, I'm not going to go back in time and tell myself, hey, you shouldn't make gear that gives you plus adventures at rollover. Hmm. But there is a part of me that wishes that I hadn't done it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think, is thrown into sharp relief by the competing goals introduced by PvP stuff and the fact that, you know, PvP is primarily a thing that you do while you're not there. <laughs> but... Uh, five, if we want to send meat to a player in Hardcore or Ronin, why do we have to choose plain brown wrapper to send it, which holds one kind of item? Could we get a cheaper zero item package simply for sending meat if we don't want to include other items? No, you're, you're fine doing it in the plain brown wrapper. Uh, six, will the raffle house ever offer past items of, items of the month again? Well, I'm not going to say never, but the circumstances that allowed that to happen were pretty specific. You know, we didn't just make new ones we we ended up with a bunch of them that were confiscated from dude from dude I think it was just one dude right I think that was princess actually a dude um have you considered adding an extended familiar equip interface allowing familiars to equip familiar specific accessories hats pants weapons and offhands wait what oh man no <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a level of complexity that we do not need. Vernatio says, why isn't range damage as fleshed out as spell in melee? There's only one skill I recall that has anything to do with ranged weapons, and it's just a flat damage boost. By comparison, unarmed appears to have more content, so to speak. I don't mean to sound critical, but is there a reason for this? If not, would you be willing to touch on it in the class revamps? And see, here's somebody who thinks he's sounding critical when he's, in fact, just stating a fact and asking for commentary on it. It's like, here, if you had said... Why isn't range damage as fleshed out as spell in melee? Stupid. There's only one skill that I recall that has anything to do with ranged weapons. Are you too dumb to think of more? Well, no, it, it could even be as simple as... I've been trying to figure out why range damage is so boring and idiotic compared to the rest of the stuff, which is marginally less so. Yeah. So, I, I think that it, when, when I started thinking about separating melee and range damage and created the notion of the ranged bonus I was like alright well so the first step is to go through all of the things that give you plus damage and decide which of them are going to be plus melee damage and which of them are going to be plus range damage 
And then it was like, well, no, you can't do that because then it's just making it so people who are using ranged weapons are doing 10% as much damage as everybody else because historically all of the things that have given plus damage for melee have also applied to ranged and so it just became a thing that was kind of too cumbersome to change and it's only gotten more cumbersome over time um yeah i don't know you know it's that's that's a good question like it's not like melee stuff everything that gives plus damage to melee also gives plus damage to ranged right I think it's just the fact that there is some stuff that is ranged only makes it seem like there should be more stuff that's ranged only. Hmm. When in reality, that would just be a thing that was less applicable than what you're already getting. But, yeah, I don't know. Bug or feature, says Glornak. Merc and Lockheed can drop when using release the boots. I mean, it's just because that is more of an event than an item drop. So, it's fine. Wade McBob says, have you guys considered breaking up the zap groups for ores to keep people from trying to zap their way around the level 8 mine quest? Zapping for ores reminds me a lot of the crazy swing on legend key gathering before the vending machine. I know there are differences between them, but I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of the tactic of zapping for ores this developed since the level 8 revamp. Was this an expected outcome? No, not even a little bit. Uh, I was really surprised to find out. And I, and I guess what, what it means to me, what I learned in dev today was the reason that this is a thing now is because there are so many other things that you might want to do with clovers during a run that it is no longer a foregone conclusion that you should use a clover to get ores or maybe you can't anymore since the revamp or something I don't know uh, which is interesting but uh, yeah I don't know I don't know what to do about that I don't know that it is a serious problem yet it, like it is definitely a thing but it is not a thing that has been drawn to my attention prior to just now. So, I don't know how much of a thing it is. Now, we're going to probably revamp the mines and make them an underwater zone full of fish. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pockman says, Any word on a level 11 revamp? When the quest first came out, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but now the whole quest is rife with combat dodging and hopping around. It feels like more of a nuisance than a quest with little or no reward aside from the unlocked areas, which are, in my opinion, not worth it. He could have not included that last part. Um, yeah, it's the level 11 revamp is going to be more complicated to both to do and to present. You know, I, I I have to imagine that some of that will get got to this year. Two are we due for another foldable yet? I don't know. But it's been like a year and four months. We ran out of elements, though, yeah? We did, yeah. And then we decided, well, this will be a foldable that you get all of them at once. And that and was we did that, and that was pretty yeah. cool. That was the rando. Yeah. Yeah. So now, what are we gonna do? We're gonna make a cute foldable. Three as with Ultabot's question, there are a decent amount of items now that grant plus adventures and plus PvP fights. Most of them seem to be just equip this now and just remove them later. It's not a very fun mechanic. I'd like to see that revamped along with among anything else. I mean, you know, I don't think that it would make people happy to replace that with something like the hair where it was like all right well this is a hat where every 10 turns you spend with it you get plus one adventure or rollover well i mean that with those numbers that might make them happy but you know i like i think we kind of made that bed and now we and all of you have to sleep in it so sorry (laughs) 
before are we ever going to see any new additions to the beach? It's so empty there. Ah, uh, yeah, it was, you know, maybe like a meteor will hit that's made out of part of the moon and the penguins will move in. There should be, a, like, a ongoing endless volleyball game. Ooh, yeah. And you can just, just a choice adventure that you go into that you just have to hit a button that says bump and then another button that says set and then another button that says spike. Yeah. And each of them takes a turn and gives you no stats. And costs 500 meat to play. Yeah. Wax says, what was the mystery mini? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I did find out, and then later on, when people were talking about nobody figuring out the mystery mini, I found out again, and I still don't remember. Uh, if you haven't recorded yet, the new item of the month is very nice, and I appreciate the new content despite the power creep. And power creep is not always a bad thing, though I'm sad that the item drop plant isn't called a power creeper. Yeah, I'm sad that I didn't think about that, too. <laughs> Uh, plant.gif I laughed well done yeah I'm, I'm happy that somebody found that <laughs> that was all of them for a while it, I should have taken some screenshots when Chris first made the array before I had decided between the brainstorming stuff what the plants were going to be called they were all just like butt plant fart plant boobs plant wiener plant shart plant there wasn't boner, even a face plant, plant and there should have been uh, well that wasn't juvenile enough. This is Chris Moyer we're talking about. No, that's right. Uh, Ethereal Oblivion says, Between pasture gannings with pre-feathered nerf, pre-nerf pre feather, but was the interaction with Ravesteel and such that led to Ravesteel getting nerfed various other tricks. What are your thoughts on free runaway use in large numbers? You know, as long as they rely on a consumable that somebody has to farm, I think that it's a self-regulating ecosystem. Um... And you were saying that you felt like it was a little depressing that an optimal strategy in the game is to avoid fights? Um, yeah, although, you know, they, they, they explained to me that that's only true under certain weird circumstances, and so addressing those weird circumstances is maybe... Right, like... And again, I guess we sort of made this bed, right? Like, this is a game where the primary thing that you do is fight monsters, but all of the things that advance you towards the goals that you want to get to are not really fighting monsters. They're, like, getting non-combats in between the monster fights. You know, and it's just, like, of course that's going to create the behavior that we see. Yeah, people people aren't stupid. Well, some of them are. Wurt back... Ah oh, man, is that is that some racist forum name? Uh, I think it is. Oh. Uh, now that Word Realms is released in full, would you consider making the KOL item Tales of the Word Realms giftable? <clears throat> I know avenues exist by which you can buy gift items, but if you blacklist it from the mall trades and flea market and allow us to give our extra two copies to friends via K-mail, be a way to get the word out, at least to part of the KOL community that didn't already support the Kickstarter at that level. Yeah, but they don't... If you didn't support the Kickstarter, you don't get that item. That's just how it works. I'm sorry that I fucked up and gave people multiple copies of those. That was the dumbest afternoon I've ever spent being dumb. I still... Uh, I need to get a link to the downloadable. I still haven't seen it all zipped up and ready to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should be able to do that. Let me actually... I think I can do this right now. Um can go in distribute purchase keys and I'm going to send one to your email address that I do not read ignore the text of this message but is the text of the message Hitler did nothing wrong 
Yes, it is. <laughs> Thanks for backing our Kickstarter, also. <laughs> so I, I did okay. pledge to the Kickstarter, but I only pledged a dollar so you that pledged, I could see the updates. You pledged $88. Um, because 88 is a white supremacist number. Do you, do you understand my joke there? Yeah. Last Chan says, could you implement some kind of warning akin to the yellow quest nudge box thing the day before a new PvP season is implemented? This is probably the third season that I've lost my PvP fights because a new season rolled out. I only play hardcore and I primarily just break the stone on day one and bank all the fights until right after defeating the sorcerers, then I burn them all prior to gashing. Or I guess, you know, I could just remember and maybe add my own reminder or something. Yeah, jeez, buddy. He, ed- he edits it. Save me from myself, Jake. <laughs> Except he... I think what that's supposed to be is Jick. Jick. But he spelled it J I C C C C C C C C C C C C C C C C C K. So that's more save me for myself, Jake. Yeah. You always, always repeat the letter that represents the sound that's being stretched out. Yeah. That's the thing that drives me nuts. It's always weird to me though, even when people type no, because it quickly turns into no. Yeah, there are some words that you just can't do that with. I guess you could do N O O O O O O O O H. Huh. Maybe N O H O H O H. No, that would be no. Oh, that could work. Rigenili says, "Who came up with florist fryer? Who made this item's content? Who is the mastermind? It's almost entirely Scully." Yeah, the everybody else weighed in with a few plants, but I was I was the guy who had been playing Plants vs Zombies again for a couple of weeks that hey we should have a florist fryer and he should drop plants and it should be fights and he was almost uh familiar but he makes way more sense as a new slot yeah yeah i was i was kind of i actually like this was a coincidence right it was not that i was anxious about i was so anxious about this that i had one of those horrible rolling around sweating sleepless anxiety nights it's just that i had one of those and i also was thinking about this thing right when it was a familiar like thinking about how like how the fuck is it like how are we going to do this without it just being a giant pain in the ass for people to use if they're predisposed to considering whether or not it's a pain in the ass right and so i don't know i i think it worked i think it is better this way and i think i think that something that there are there is a segment of the player base for whom having this as a familiar would have been obnoxious and having it as its own slot makes it suddenly really appealing instead of a thing that they begrudgingly use. Yeah. But yeah, it was you know, I it's I, time time will tell whether it's broken, I guess. I I think it's fine. I was I was really proud of uh both both uh, Riff and Hot Stuff had in their list of, of suggestions like, oh, th- this is really good and very much like something we would do and something that, that you didn't come up with and something that I didn't come up with. Yeah. I I just dropped the ball on my brainstorm. I was like, eh, these guys will take care of it. <laughs> um, yeah, the kelp, the kelp Domaniac was like, fuck, why didn't everyone think of that? Yeah, I tried so hard. I ended up with Help Kelp, which was super shitty. Um, I forget which ones of hot stuffs we used. Uh, eh, I don't remember. Uh, maybe the pitcher plant. I thought it was funny that we all had. I think hot stuff had high morals, and I had low morals, and Riff had loose morals. <laughs> yeah, loose. I think loose won that. Yeah, absolutely. Won that contest. 
Um, <laughs> Game Man asks if we're going to add Oculus Rift support to KOL. Yeah. Uh, Wack posts Boner Factory. I don't know if that was Wack trying to reserve his place in this thread. Uh, Gleep says, so what's the narrative going to be for this new Mr. Store slot? Flowers? The house in the woods in the village is a timeshare and sometimes other NPCs live there? <laughs> no, everything is going to be a flow. Our, our theoretical future item of the month construct was the robot florist who plants robot flowers that occupy the same slots. Right. Yeah. There will um, be the, like, botanist slash entomologist who plants insect flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, there are places we can take this. There's the Florastronaut who plants space flowers. Ooh. Uh, Richard Baby 4000 says, Is dick stabbing a subart of Crapo Bapo? No, there are no subarts of Crapo Bapo. Crapo Bapo is and was and always. Yeah, and besides with dick stabbing, you never stab anybody else's dick. Yeah. It's not a it's not an offensive thing. It's fairly offensive. A grave says, I just read the messages when clicking on the other trash during the level 10 quest, and it's hilarious. I just wanted to applaud your extreme subtlety in leading new players to the solution. Yeah, that got less and less subtle over time. <laughs> I, You know, I wrote them in an order, thinking, oh, I'll give progressively more and more specific hints. But then I realized there is no order in which people are going to click them. <laughs> right? Like, they're, they're totally random access. So, okay. Two, why do so many of the fish in the sea look so tired? Is it because of all the whooshing currents? Or is this some sign of sinister doings? Yeah, the sea just kind of sucks. They're just fed up with being in there. Now, imagine how bad it is for them. They're always swimming against the tide, and it always takes them to adventures to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're Mm. always resisting the tide. They're always standing in the water. That's baptism. That's making light. What? That's the song that uh, John Hodgman really likes, that he plays on a ukulele Hmm. and sings. Uh, Three, at my work today, I had somebody give me an address in Arizona that wasn't a number, but was like this, 7.5 miles east on whatever road. What's up with that? Is this some kind of Arizona thing? Are you located at 550 furlongs down Sandy Road past Old Man Kempsey's Moisture Farm or something like that? Arizona's weird. I mean, I think it's just a typical rural thing. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, a thousand years ago, nothing had an address. Because it was just a bunch of teepees and shit, and they would move around all the time. <laughs> and then a couple hundred years ago, civilization finally moved in, taught those savages a lesson about how to describe things and put numbers on things so that you can be taxed. Do you, you know, don't believe I, we are Indian? When I grew up, we didn't have, like... The address of my house was like Rural Route 1 and a box number. Sure. That's like, my porn star name is Susie Rural Route 1. <laughs> Which is not a good porn star name. I don't know. Rural Route 1 has a, a bit of a je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got a real MILF ring to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinius says, if you find Funksling, if you Funksling Rainbow Blue Balls then a Rainbow Black Box and have enough equipment or effects that the monster's HP is only one, you wind up killing the monster but not getting the copy. Is this intentional or a bug? Well, I mean, if you if you kill something, it's not... Like, the alternative is if you use two combat items and the first one kills the monster, you waste the second one, which was an intentional thing that we did not want to happen because it was 
annoying people. Yeah. So yes, that's intentional. Terribles. There's only one place in the game that's not changed since 2005. The Vacations. Not counting the other minor changes with NS13. With all the revamps and new content, the Vacations are not nearly as relevant as they used to be. The primary strategy seems to be to skip them if possible until the tower item. Any thoughts or plans to give this an update or bring it in line with the Modern Kingdom? Sure. Yeah, I would say that the intent to bring it in line with the Modern Kingdom is absolutely there. Hey, Jack says, Gleebs, when you redo the accordion thief skills, are you thinking about putting in an ode to booze for, for PvP fights? Hmm. That's a pretty good idea. So, yes, I am now, buddy. Oh, man. Lumbering Oaf wrote a script and uh, destroyed a lot of his gear. So my first misplaced instincts was to ask you to tank the next challenge pass so I wouldn't feel bad about missing it, but I don't really want that. I guess I just want you to know that even when faced with about the worst a dim- or worst day a diamond spade can have, kingdom-wise, I really love your game and appreciate all the time you put into it. Yeah, I was saying make the next challenge pass something they won't mind uh, missing out on. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. We're... The, 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 we put off... We put off the big crazy good fun one to do a simple one next for reasons do we have another nope that was all of the questions in the question so I'm going to close that thread um, am I still I think, an, I think we're at an amount of time that would allow us to stop and have a whole show and then I could go get a steak we're, uh, we're about a minute uh, we've been going for about a minute and a half now, we've been going for about an hour and a half. Is that your goal for this? Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty reasonable. Do you not want to pop into the bugbear bugbear crematorium? Eh, I'll save those for Thursday. All right. Well then, folks, we'll see you in a week from today. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye, everyone.